Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. Beautiful sunny day and all that good stuff. Don't you love it? You get a weather report for every episode. <laughs> well, well, well. Today, I want to talk about GM Screen again. I've talked about the GM Screen in the past, but I, you know, with GM Screens, I got a lot of GM Screens around here. A few I've made myself, and some I've just gotten with with games. Usually, when I'm running a certain game rule set and I happen to have the GM screen for it, I'll use it. Like Savage Worlds. I got a Savage Worlds GM. These are all mini. These are a few mini GM screens. Like the Savage Worlds stuff. I've got one for the Goon. I've got one for Savage Worlds. I've got a mini one for Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborean. It gets me by. But I always carry some kind of screen with me. Usually I have the Hammer Dog World's Best uh, screen, the mini one, the mini one. And I find that really, really handy. It's one where you can, you know, it's got a six, it's a six panel screen that on both sides you can insert stuff in it. And so I've made a lot of card sets for the panel sets with these screens for different games like Rule Cyclopedia D&D, I've got it for Swords and Wizardry, I've got it for Labyrinth, Lord, Astonish- even Astonishing Swordsman, and Gangbusters. And I just carry that around with me and change out the panels as needed. But there are times when I just want to do... My goal, not my goal, but I mean my desire is to have one screen, I, for, <laughs> one screen to rule them all, which is kind of what the, the mini screen does. With that, but I just want one that's like permanent that has like all the basic stats that I need for whatever game I'm running. And I usually run class and level games like D&D or Swords and Wizardry or something like that. And if I could find or make a screen that just had the tables that I need to run it, that's great. Rules when I have a rule cyclopedia. GM screen, there's usually just a few tables on it, but they're important. So I decided to, in my opinion, what I, what what you need for a good GM screen. And once again, this is concentrating on class and level type systems. There are other systems out there that require more or less, but I'm going to cover just this and then we'll just get, we may touch on that in a bit here. To me, there are four tables that every GM screen that I use has to have. It has to have the player character to hit chart, the monster to hit chart, the undead turning table, and the the player character saves. Now, these are important because, you know, occasionally a player will ask, ask, did I hit it? And I just want a chart to quickly look it up. I know there's Thaco and everything like that, but I'm not going to sit there behind a screen trying to calculate Thaco in my head real fast. And they roll the number. If I could just look at the chart, boom, boom. Okay, yeah, you hit or you know you didn't hit. 
monster to hits. It's very easy for me. The same thing. When I'm running the monsters, I roll the die. Okay, did I hit it? Boom, I hit it. Same thing. Those two are kind of a no-brainer. Undead turning. Okay, a lot of games, and I like the way they do this. Now, in the old D&D, and AD&D, like 1E2E, it would they give you a list of monsters, like undead monsters like uh, zombies, skeletons, whites, vampires, this, this, what to do to turn them. And they would list it like that. The later games, like the, the retro clones, like Swords and Wizardry and things like that, they go by hit dice. I like that. I like the hit dice option because it's easier to find out how many hit di- that way you don't have to you know if you've got some undead monster that doesn't fall in any category you could just look up by hit dice so it works it works better that it's just a little quicker that's all and saves player character saves per class yes because the way i do monsters is the old school way if the monster has a save it usually saves as player character class of this level. A lot of them are like saves as fighter. But every once in a while you get saves as magic user or something like that. Saves as third level fighter. So you just look up the third level fighter saves and what's the attack? Okay, he didn't make a save. He takes full damage. That's all you need right there. There are optional tables that you can put on here that makes your life a little easier. And it also depends on the game, too, because some things are a little more important. First of all, a chart of combat actions that characters can take, whether it's player characters or NPCs, that's always handy. And if there's any kind of, like, result that changes the combat out, like, say, you get a plus two for this because you did that, you know, like setting lands for charge. You know, you get a you get a plus on your hit or whatever, something like that. Weapon stats, always good to have. If the list isn't, and always it's always if the list isn't too long. If you're using a full size GM screen, no problem. But weapon stats, especially damage, because then you can just say you're running a combat and there's three knolls. Two have clubs. One has a short sword. And if you don't have it listed down there, you could just look, okay, what does a short sword do? Boom. Okay, fine. He does that. Armor's good list. Armor's chart is a good thing to have too. In case you want to, in case you decide that uh, bugbear over there, the bugbear leader has a little tougher armor than the rank and file bugbears that are attacking. And you can go, okay, he's wearing plate. They're wearing chain. He does this. They do that kind of thing. Kind of a uh, on-the-fly thing. Also, XP charts. Now, I put a question mark on that because if you have the room to list all the XP charts for all the classes, more power to you. If I was running Astonishing Swordsman, no way I'd have that. But if you've got, if you're running a role-playing game that has everybody uses the same level progression, then go ahead and put that on there because it's all the same. And if you need that too, another chart that's optional that's handy to have is AC conversion. You've got a game like Swords of Wizardry that does both ascending and descending armor class. And say you're running an old module, you guys decide you're using ascending armor class, and you're using um, 
oh, I don't know, uh, Sinister Secret Assault Marsh, which is all descending armor class. You can do that on the fly. Now, I know the formula to do it, but once again, if I'm trying to calculate something in my head, that takes time. If I can look it up and look at it, boom. Here's something else. Uh, a list of skills for the game and or feats. I don't really do use feats, but I'm going to talk about skills. Skills, if it's a short list, put it on there if you, if you have the room. Be like Rule Cyclopedia, I can fit that list of skills on a, on a screen. That's no problem. I can, that's easy to do. But if you've got like third, fourth, fifth edition or some other game that has a, not so much fifth, but like third and fourth, you know, th okay, let's take third, three, fifth, let's take Pathfinder. Like if you've got a hell of a lot of skills, then I wouldn't put it on there. No. I may have a little sheet in front of me, but that's about it. You know, and there's also, because I'm not going to look through a book for a skill or something like that. But if it's a short list of skills, go ahead and put it on there. Those are the optional things. It's one, two, three, four, about six optional screens. And then there's other games that have other things too. I'm looking at my uh, cards for Mutant Future. It's got a physical and a mental attack table. So there's, there's that you have to, to deal with. And it's an easy character level progression so because it's only 12 levels. So I put that on there. And, of course, armor types and things. And something like uh, Mutant Future, where it's post-apocalyptic, if you, you know, some of these charts are like, say, the armor chart. You should put it on there anyway because it varies wildly in post-apocalyptic whatever you're playing. And the, gang, the gang, gangbusters, I've got the firearms data chart. That's very handy. Also, sequence of play is a good thing to put on there. If you have a certain sequence of play that you're quite not quite used to, maybe you just started running this, learning this, running this game. That's handy to ham on ham ham have on there. <laughs> um, so, these are the kind of things you got to think about when you're either making a when you're making a screen, or if you're doing the cards like I do. I mean, like in Gangbusters, I've got the expert fistfight rules here. Now, those carried over to BX. I'm going to have to do the, redo the Gangbusters BX anyway, as soon as Mark gets the expert set out. And so that's something you should really think about when you're making your own GM screen or something like that. What do you need? What is important to you? What's important to your game? Just And it's all it's all in the service of you know, speed, all in the service of speed, because when you're rolling in that game and you're trying, you have to stop and look something up. Oh, it just kills me. So anyway, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar at gmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Thanks again, Jonathan, Dorgia, Wendell, Jessen, Oliver, Shriek, Gilbert, Soares, Juan Carlos, Llewellyn, Th Daniel Reynolds, Dan Gregg, Benjamin Brodell, Jason, John Allen Large, and Michael Tompkins. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And don't forget to listen to Dan Gregg's Young Grognar podcast. That's Y-U-N-G Grognar podcast. Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albert podcast. Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries. And my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? 
comments, send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.